episode 147, Hercules, Prince of Power, number one. Hello and welcome to another episode of the comic book Time Machine. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I am here just to give a little bit of an introduction to something a little bit different. Um, This episode is actually going to be the audio from a YouTube video that I uh, had the pleasure to be a co-host on. And so that means um, there's going to be some setup that I'm going to have to give right here just to let you know what's going on with that YouTube video. But uh, the other, I mean, the main setup is this is a comic book that I've been wanting to and meaning to cover here on the Comic Book Time Machine since the beginning of the Comic Book Time Machine. Uh, It's one of my favorite comics of all time. It's one of my oldest uh, introductions to the comics uh, in general um, from when I was a kid, but it's also something that's held up as I've revisited it over the years and actually is one of those things that ended up being fulfilled in adulthood where I returned to that issue and then also bought the following issues and then had the pleasure to realize that the the following issues led to something of a conclusion but not a complete conclusion and then Bob Layton returned to the character and finished it and so um the issue I'm going to talk about here in this uh, YouTube video, uh, it, it is the beginning of a story that I started when I was uh, seven, six or seven years old. And, you know, just a couple of years ago, it was completed for me. And it's very exciting for, uh, for me when it came out. And it's something that, like I said, it still holds up. And not only does, does it still hold up, it also has a lot of extra fulfillment that came out of it. A little background on the uh, YouTube video that I'm going to be um, presenting here. Uh, J Hood Creative is the YouTube channel, and I recommend go for it and uh, subscribe if you watch YouTube videos. Um, J Hood Creative, a buddy of mine named Jamie, and two other guys uh, are part of this particular sub-series that Jamie does. Uh, So you'll hear the voices of Jamie, and you'll hear the voices of... Um, Coach Vic, and you'll hear the voice of Fantastic, I think it's Fantastic Mr. Cheese, um, and then me, Ben. Uh, those are our, our YouTube handles. <laughs> so as you can hear, I got really, really creative with mine. But anyway, um, the way uh, Jamie has it set up is he at once a month does uh, kind of a roundtable discussion about a single issue. It's uh, meant to be the favorite issue or a favorite issue of all time um, by the special guest. And so for the first the first one we did, it was Jamie's own uh, choice, and we talked about it, the four of us. Uh, then the second one we did, which is the one I'm presenting here, was my choice, and that's actually why I'm I'm uh, really re-releasing it uh, through the podcast. And then next month, uh, it'll be uh, a special guest, and it'll be an outside guest outside of that panel. Now, I do need to give a little bit of setup just to this particular um, subset of of his YouTube channel, and that is that uh, Jamie and I have been collecting comics pretty much our whole lives, 
and have both been involved in creating comic books professionally. I'm, I've done it as a writer. He's done it as an artist. And as a writer, he's a fantastic, fantastic artist who I would love to work on a project with. But that's another story for another day. Uh, but the other two guys, they are just starting. Like they have not really been involved in comics, uh, collecting them and reading them. And so they're kind of the, they're kind of newbies. And so what's, what's kind of cool about this whole thing that Jamie has brought together is that here is, um, you know, two, two times we've now done this where we've brought in a comic that we love and we're bringing it in and giving it to them and having them read it. And then we're getting their input on it as well. And while we're doing so, they're asking questions about like history and things like that. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's all the setup I'm going to give this, uh, so I'm just going to play a sounder right now, and then I'm going to play the audio from that YouTube uh, streaming that we did. And of course, there are going to be some times we're talking about something on the screen. Uh, hopefully you can use your imagination and it'll work just as well. But without any further ado, here is Hercules, Prince of Power, number one from J Hood Creative YouTube channel. Go subscribe. And if I don't have a chance to say it at the end, because I'm not going to, because I'm just going to play the video audio and then play the theme music and play us out of here. So at the end of this video, well, at the end of the audio from the video, just imagine I said it. Godspeed. Back to J-Hood Creative and another episode of Issue at Hand. Uh, my Fine associates, Coach Seven, Mr. Fantastic, Mr. Cheese, and Ben are all with us. And Ben, you are the star of the show tonight, as you are also standing in as our guest. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know what am I supposed to do then. Do I talk about my comic book or yeah, introduce myself? What do I what do I do here? Let me get my outline. <laughs> <laughs> professionalism get some <laughs> uh, so it's like I, as long as I'm like not not like Ron Burgundy where I read whatever is on the the monitor <laughs> I want to say hello to unruly Simeon uh, he's he was uh, tailgating waiting for us to get started so thanks for stopping by hope you enjoy the show so, yeah, we'd like to start the show by getting to know our guests a little better. So, Ben, you've been a a writer of comic books at times in the past. Could you yeah, yeah. Uh, give us or maybe a little feedback or background on that and, like, maybe some of the titles you've worked on? Yeah, sure. So um, I guess it would have been around 10, 11, maybe even 12 years ago now um, when I started professionally writing comic books because I had a connection with the artist of a – limited series that was coming out based on George Martin's the hedge Knight, which is kind of his Hobbit to his song of ice and fire. Um, takes place a hundred years before song of ice and fire. No, and no, they needed, no, hold on a minute. Yeah. George R. R. Martin. That's a familiar name. George yeah, R. Yeah. R. Martin? yeah. I mean, you oh. might've seen his little show game of Thrones. I think it's, <laughs> uh, this is before he was the, George R. R. Martin. He was just George R. R. Martin. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, just the author, George R. R. Martin. Right. And he was pretty popular then. But um, 
yeah, they needed a writer. And so I sent in a um, sample and got the job. And that kind of opened up a whole bunch of doors for me um, where I worked on um, three of the Hedge Knight series. There's three different series that we did, the Hedge Knight, Sworn Sword, and the Mystery Knight. And um, so I, I worked on all three of those. But then I also got to work on just some fun stuff. Um, the Oz Wonderland Chronicles, which was published by our local comic shop, buymetoys.com, drawn by... A number of different people, including Casey, who runs the show or runs a store there. Um, and I got to work for Zondervan. I did a series called Kingdoms, which is uh, some adapting a bunch of Old Testament stories into one linear narrative. Uh, all, all ages title called Time Flies, which is one of my favorite books uh, that I've ever worked on, which is about time traveling flies, which cool i mean it's but it's spelled with a Z, you know, because it's cool. keep it hip. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then another a fantasy series called Armor Quest. So I got to work on a whole bunch of things. Basically, again, like I said, those doors open because of the the Hedge Knight with George Martin, uh, and culminating in just uh, working on a project where I got to take all four of the Gospels and do the life of Christ. Uh, and I was able to write it as if it was all four of those Gospels were just one movie and has all the events in in all four of them. Just a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And so that's. Um, and that's my comic book career in, in a nutshell. Cool. Uh, and I've, I've worked on other things. I've done puppet plays and I've done um, radio dramas and, and all sorts of different stuff like that. But yeah. So Un- Unreally Simeon is asking, who's the artist on that Hedge Knight series? That's Mike Miller. Okay. Mike, Mike S. Miller. I guess I don't want to leave the S out because um, <laughs> he includes it. So, yeah, but Mike was my buddy. Uh, we got to know each other through some – it was back with Yahoo. Do you remember the Yahoo groups? Um, that's how we got to know each other was through a Yahoo group. And uh, I was working on some projects with him as a writer, just kind of just brainstorming and and making, you know, outlines and plot lines and stuff like that. Um, and then he got that job doing the art on, on the hedge night. And then he's like, Hey, I would really prefer to work with someone I know. So please send in a sample. And George chose mine. So, yeah. So, uh, was the, the hedge night, an adaption of a novel work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So all three of the hedge Knight books that I worked on were me taking the, the novel or novella, I guess, and then turning it into six issue uh, series for the first two. The third one, it was a lot nicer because it was just one graphic novel. There was no individual issues. And so I didn't have to like search for, you know, what's going to end on a, a cliffhanger for, you know, five of these issues. And, and so that was, that was a little more freeing and I also got to do more pages on that one. Cool. So, but yeah, it was not an original story by me. It was his original story. And then I scripted it. There's a couple things. If you know me um, that you can see, Hey, that's, that's Ben that he kind of inserted that little thing there. Um, but for the most part, the reason I got the job was because it's not my hedge night. It was his. And I was really working hard to make sure I adapted um, what he had written into another form. So okay. gotcha. Yeah. Now, how long would it take between the time you finished writing till the book was finished or the issue was finished? Well, <laughs> it depends. The third book that I did, it was like two years. I yeah. It killed me, though, because I busted my tail to finish that script before. I mean, I was working on New Year's Eve to get it done before the next year. And then it took two years for it to get done. Like, I, think George, I think George R.R. R. Martin is 
pretty used to waiting a long time for his books to get finished though. So. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I got it done. I beat the deadline and then it took two years for the whole thing to get drawn as well. Yeah. 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 Uh, Cause Mike would go out and he was also working on um, injustice, the video game tie in. Yeah. Oh really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so the deadline for that was tighter and the deadline for the mystery night was much looser. And so he was able to get those things done and then come back to it kind of in between issues. And yep. yeah. I know the fantastic Mr. Tease is been working on his first novel and it's also fantasy based, correct? Correct. Yep. So I've been yeah. talking to him but, uh, about possibly doing the, the cover illustration. So we'll be hammering that out uh, later on as we go. I have grand ideas. <laughs> I, I just finished my first novel which came out of not having a job working in comics. And so it's like, what can I do now that I don't get paid for it, but I can do whatever I want. And I don't know if anyone's going to like the novel, but it's mine. I did it. <laughs> Is it published then? No, no. no. I, yeah. I'm, I'm just finishing my final rewrite for myself gotcha. and I'm going to have some people hopefully find some people who can do some edits for me and, yep. um, and then look at, I don't know what I'm going to do as far as publishing it, but yeah. Yeah. So Hercules, the Prince of Power, is, is your choice for your favorite comic book of all time. Now, let's remind, remind viewers of the show that this is where we find an interesting person to come and talk to us about their one favorite comic book. It's not that that's their only favorite, but it's probably the top of the list. So, Ben, why was this your choice? Well, because I was forced into making a choice is really what it comes <laughs> down to. Um, you know, but, but then I started thinking about, like, what what would I choose? And the thing about this one is this one is a, a favorite of mine. If I'm going to say it's the favorite of mine, it's because it's it's been a favorite of, line, of mine for the longest time. So I bought this off the newsstand uh, when I was – I would have been six. Um and it was at the grocery store in little town up in Ontario. And um, there was a Hercules cartoon show that I loved on TV. And this looked like space stuff, Star Wars, you know. And so um, I bought it. I, well, my mom bought it. I, I asked her if she'd get it for me. She got it for me. And yeah. And so I read it when I was young and I really enjoyed it. And then uh, came back to it when I was probably high school and and read it again and really enjoyed it. Um, now when I say I read it when I was young, I mean, this is one of those things where I read it over and over and over again, because I only mm -hmm. had, I think I had 15 comics maybe when I was a kid, uh, most of them were star Wars. And so just this got constant rotation in reading, uh, read it in high school, came back to it in college. And then with eBay realized, Hey, I can get the rest of this thing. Like this is a four issue limited series. So I got the rest of the limited series, got the next series as well. Got the graphic novel that they did. Uh, that was kind of all tied into this one kind of alternate future. Uh, but it's just me and I enjoyed it. And I've, I've enjoyed it in all these different kind of stages of life. Um, as a kid, I just loved the adventure to it. Mm -hmm. um, just the muscular adventure behind it. Uh, but at the same time, there was that subversive humor that I didn't quite get, but I knew it was there. Right. And, you know, and, um, and then also the ending was just really a weird ending, which we can talk about, but, um, you know, he's just going around beating people up, doing this and that. Uh, and then at the end decides, I'm not going to punch this guy. Yeah. That's his character arc. And for me as a kid, it was just this kind of, 
what is this? What is it? What is this going on here? Um, and I appreciated it then because it's just so interesting that he changed his mind on how he was going to do do life, basically, as far as this issue went. Um, but then kind of seeing it through the lens of, you know, a writer and uh, uh, the lens of an adult and and all that, where you just kind of seeing he's there's change here. And I guess, you know, he's kind of childlike at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that, you know, I appreciated that as a child. Um, and then he kind of grows up a little bit sure. at the end. So, so I want to take a moment to say hi to people who have joined us in the chat. The great legend is here. Good to see you, legend. A crazy guy comic song, Too Crazy. Now that's a, a new YouTube to <laughs> me. So uh, thanks for coming and uh, partake, partaking on our little show here. So we've been talking to Ben about his background as a comic book writer, and we're just starting to dive into uh, kind of what was the impetus of him choosing this as the representative of his favorite comic. So you said you were you were relatively young; you were about six. Yeah. yeah. uh, And you said most of the comics you had were like Star Wars comics. So did you have any exposure to other superheroes at that point? I did. Yeah. So, of course, there was Super Friends, the Superman movie. Uh, And then as far as comics went, you know, Star Wars was a huge one. Uh, I had four Star Wars comics and three of them were in a row. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That That was huge. I wouldn't have even realized that if that happened to me. Oh, well, I realized it because, I mean, I bought them in one of those blind bags you get at the supermarket. Uh, And it had two star Wars comics and a star Trek comic was in the middle. It was one of those Marvels that was based on the uh, motion picture. Mm-hmm. And because Marvel knew that one wouldn't sell. Yeah. So yeah. Star <laughs> uh, and so I got number 49 and 50 and then number 51, which was a new storyline, but 49 and 50, it was the whole story. And most of my other comics, it would mm-hmm. end and you didn't know what was going to happen next. Uh, yeah. But this is where I had, oh, this is the whole story here. They start on a mission. They finish the mission. And and then they go home. And then 51 was the one. I think I'm getting the numbers right. But 51 is the issue where they reused some unused Tarzan artwork. No, John Carter of Mars comic book artwork. Huh. And changed characters around. Um, so they kind of wrote a framing device where Princess Leia is thinking about Alderaan. And then her ship gets attacked and she crash lands in an escape pod on a planet where you have all the Barsoomian characters. Now, I, I had no idea that that's what I had. It right. just I knew that she was on this weird planet with fantasy stuff where they're flying around in ships, but also had swords, you know. And and so they redrew the main female character in that to be Princess Leia. Huh. And, <laughs> and that, of course, ended on a cliffhanger. And I love that comic, too. But um, when I finally... I don't know, maybe seven or eight years ago, read the next issue. It did not Didn't live up to the that. hype. Like I was, <laughs> what's happening next? What's going to happen? That. Oh. So, <laughs> okay. So, the, do you think that the the next issue was fresh material where they weren't using? It was anything? fresh. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah they, they kind uh, of the, were dealing with what they had, and then had to deal with that. For yeah. The too. the Tarzan issue that they got reused was reused for a Battlestar Galactica comic. Hmm. Um, and yeah, where they go to a planet that has ape creatures and, and then oh. they just drew clothes on Tarzan, but you see Starbuck, Starbuck, I think it's Starbuck might've been Apollo, like swinging through the trees. Like Tarzan. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <a little> character. 
So, so yeah, that, that would have been about the time frame when Marvel probably had a couple issues of John Carter in the can or Tarzan in the can. A lot of times they, they would do well, like they were canceled story. at that point, I think. Right. These like, were inventory right. issues that never got used because they were canceled. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's what they're called inventory stories. So back then in order to keep up with the monthly schedule and a lot of times in most titles, it wasn't a continuing story from one issue to another. And sometimes even it was, and they still had to feel like somebody would be late. A writer would be late or artist would be, would be late and they'd have to have something to fill a particular issue. And they'd have another artist and writer, <clears throat> excuse me, draw that issue uh, just to, or not, not necessarily to fit it where it needed to go, but to have a stock story that if an editor needed something, he could pull it out of a drawer and publish it when there was a, an opening in the, the schedule like that. So as a side note, are you saying John Carter was a bad comic that they made into a bad movie? No, John Carter was a great comic that they oh, okay. made into a pretty good movie. Yeah. Okay. I, I would say it's an even better. But it was a, well, it was a novel actually as a novel series that they made into a pretty good movie. Yeah, I didn't see the movie because everybody told me it was bad. I, oh, oh, you got to watch that movie. I've I've never I've never been one to be a, a big boy book re- reader, but I read several of the John Carter books. Ooh. And oh, okay. They 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 if you read this, you'll see where George uh, George Lucas got a lot of his oh, ideas man. for Star Wars. You take that and Dune, smash them together, and <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm watching it this week. <laughs> well, part of the problem with John Carter was people went to see the movie and they're like, I've already seen this. I say, I saw star Wars. They're ripping off star Wars. Mm-hmm. And, and the truth is, you know, the movie is doing a really good job of presenting uh, what the books were, which is unfortunately where star Wars got so much, you know, not, com- not, not exact copying, but yeah. yeah. And John, John Carter as the character, as a character, the, the, the novels were originally printed in pulps, like the shadow or um, trying to think like the phantom and John Carter might've been the first superpowered hero because when he, when he would get transported to, to Mars, he would get Superman like powers. He'd gain strength because the gravity is, you know, not as powerful. So he'd be able to jump almost like jumping over a building in a single bound, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, you can make the case that Superman was a, a ripoff of, of John Carter as well. Yep. Really? So I wanted to say hi to Comic Core Chad. He stopped in, uh, popped in the chat. Good to see you, Chad. So let's see. Um, so let's turn this over to our panel members, Coach Vic7 and Fantastic Mr. Cheese. This is the your first exposure, obviously, to this comic. Can you share some of your thoughts about it? Uh, yeah, it was, you know, it was interesting. I had absolutely no idea what to expect, uh, (laughs) when I picked it up. Um, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with, you know, the character of Hercules, you know, just in mythology, but I had absolutely no, no clue what was going on. And so, you know, I just, I picked it up and it, uh, to me, it was enjoyable. I really enjoyed the humor. The humor caught me off guard, actually. Mm. I was not expecting expecting that much humor in it. But what was interesting to me is it kind of felt like this 
like like an eighties John Hughes movie. How you know John Hughes has these movies that they just kind of they kind of meander, uh-huh. and then they and then they get to the end, and you're like, well, that was entertaining, but com- what completely happened there? You know, and so that's kind of what it was. Is it was I was kind of trying to follow along, and so it, it felt like it jumped from you know scene to scene and 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 act to act and all that kind of stuff. And so it, um, it felt like there was a lot that happened in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kept on looking at the pages, page numbers. I was like, Are we? I mean, <laughs> is this almost done? But it just kept on going. Um, but it was it was fun. I mean, really bright colors. It felt like a very eighties. You know, comic from my vast experience of, you know, comic reading. Yeah, uh, but you, I enjoyed it, and you, it was—I really liked the humor. You remarked last time uh, when we did X Men One Thirty Six, and I think that you have a similar uh, feeling about this one, as far as like the amount of kind of reading or dialogue involved. Yeah. And I mentioned last time that we're, we only deal with about sixteen to twenty pages of story in these floppies, but contrast that to a comic book today if you were to pick up i'm not going to say all but most comic books off the shelf and read them yeah they're like a one potty read where you, you, oh yeah you no absolutely take, take in the bathroom with you and you're done by the time you're done so yeah absolutely yeah they, these these older comics from the the 80s are, are more more hearty they stick to your ribs yeah. a little bit more absolutely there's a lot of metaphorical talking happening just then. <laughs> I think once you start putting those metaphors together, you get something yeah. kind of interesting and icky. I think. <laughs> I agree. But uh, I'm going to remember the one potty read. That's going to be. That's going to be used. I'm, I'm, I'm tired <laughs> of paying five dollars for a one potty read, so I avoid and uh... So, what do you think, Coach Vic? Well, first of all, you almost lost me at the first page. But the uh, Cracker Jack old timers classic thing here. So I spent the time trying to put oh. my old timers classic baseball team. So the ad. Gotcha. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Aaron. Hey, this is some of the best writing I've ever read here. <laughs> <laughs> but as a youngster, I, I, as a youngster, I was young. I remember watching the Missouri football game. You know, players say his major was Greek mythology. I was like, that's what I wanted to major in. And if I wanted to go to Mizzou, I wanted to major in mythology. Then I got older and realized, like, what can you do with a degree in mythology? But <laughs> I've always liked mythology, so I was really excited about looking at reading this. And um, it's it kind of stays true to who they were, who the gods were, you know? It's about it's all about me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's have a good time and do what I want to. So it was interesting. I really enjoyed it. I mean, there there's times I was like, okay, where are we going? Where are we going? Okay, we're there. But uh, it was it was interesting, and um, yeah, like you said, the ending that that was something. But when he punched <laughs> that blue guy, I was just like, and the blue guy started crying. I'm like, it's the <laughs> <laughs> whole thing of like a different. You don't know just because somebody's big doesn't mean that they're a brawn or mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Small doesn't mean they're a pushover, right? Right. I like unexpected things like that. So I, I, I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to reading the rest of the series. Cool. Well, let's say hi to Ruben Nieves as he stopped into the chat. Good to see you, Ruben. So, Coach Vic, this, you don't have a very large comic book collection. No. So, so how much of your collection now is taken up by Hercules? What percentage? <laughs> uh, about half, if not more than half. <laughs> 
I got these, I got this series, and then I got the other four book series. And then there's the Falcon four book series and the Fantastic Four versus the X-Men. Okay. So yeah, maybe a little more, just under half, probably 40%. Gotcha. <laughs> so, um, so you mentioned the, the other miniseries, which I, when Ben brought this up as, as his book, I was like, yeah, I've got that one. But I went and looked and no, I didn't. I, I had it. Uh, so I, I went back and, and rebought reader copies, but I kept the other one for whatever reason. I liked the uh, the second miniseries better than this one. And then I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you why it's been so, so, so long since I've read any of them. So, but one of the things I thought was interesting we could uh, bring up was the, the, the fact that this miniseries format was really a new concept to comic books when this came out. Um, up until that point, so in 1981, Marvel started uh, a miniseries called The Contest of Champions, which was kind of their first attempt at crossing over uh, all of their all their characters or properties into one book to tell one story with all these heroes gathered together i mean there had been crossovers before but this was a special event where it wasn't in a fantastic four issue or an avengers issue where it happened it was a a, a title outside of something that was existing and that was three issues long and then they also did raiders of the lost ark the the adaption that year so they were experimenting with this idea of if our creators have an idea, let's see if we can put that out in the market and see what kind of reaction we get. And, you know, maybe we can do more or less of it later. Hmm. So in 81, they had the contest of champions and Raiders lost Ark. In 82 came the Wolverine miniseries and this one. Same month. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they started these both the same month. In fact, in the, um, the news page or whatever you call it, they they mention both of them together in the in the bullpen bulletin. They say whichever if you like adventure or dirty dirty and gritty, you know you can. We've got something for everyone, and so they mention both right there. Yep. And so <clears throat> I'm not I'm not sure what it says about taste, but so Hercules number one is a dollar comic. Wolverine number one, depending on the grade, is worth hundreds of dollars. <laughs> so, well, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give that's you, that's I'll, my collection. I mean, that's <laughs> that's just how it works for me. Everything I get, I get it cheap, and it stays cheap. And I, yeah, I'm not I, sending my kids to college on my collection for sure. I, I bet if if you get a nine eight of Hercules number one, it might be worth close to a hundred bucks. Well, like I said, I heard that they were in a movie based on this series. <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> you're, you're, you're starting the rumor train. Got it. Yes. Well, he might he might appear in the MCU, uh, but yeah. it won't be Lou Ferrigno playing him. So, no. yeah. So, uh, so eighty two had Wolverine and Hercules, the first Hercules mini, and then they also published Vision and Scarlet Witch. In eighty three, they published the second Hercules uh, Prince of Power mini series, along with a Falcon mini series, Hawkeye mini series, and who can forget the Jack of Hearts mini series. It's not bad. It's not bad. I, I, I might have a Marvel team up with Jack of Hearts, and I've, other than that, I've got no exposure to the character. Who's Jack of Hearts? Is that like free gambit? Does he throw cards at people? Gambit on the cool card. He he looks exactly like the Jack of Hearts on a playing card. That's his costume. Okay. 
But I'll take Ben's word for it. He's got he knows a good story, so I'll have to give him a chance. But I also my taste does allow me to enjoy bad stories too. So I'm just gonna <laughs> throw that out there. Uh so 83 also had the Cloak and Dagger miniseries. Ooh. And the Magic miniseries, which changed Peter Rasputin's innocent little sister into kind of a demon witch. Uh 84 had a Kitty Pride and Wolverine miniseries, along with Secret Wars, which has become a kind of a historic uh, mm-hmm. storyline. And then it, it continued in 85 with West Coast Avengers as a four-issue series, Dazzler and Beast as put your peanut butter and, and chocolate together and you get goodness just like Dazzler and Beast, right? And then uh, a long shot miniseries, which was pretty good stuff. And then an Eternals 12 issue miniseries, which I couldn't tell you what it's about. But so the, the trend would go on. And even today, they, there's miniseries published all the time. So th- this was kind of an early prototype of what has kind of become the norm. Yeah. So was this miniseries then not, uh, I mean, did, did Hercules not have his own series? And so this was just because no. like, like he, Spider-Man has a series and then every once in a while they do a mini series. So this was just. So Hercules appeared as a character in Avengers and in Thor, okay. uh, but he was a supporting character. Uh, this is where it kind of his first starring role. Uh, but this is a different Hercules or if not a different Hercules, it's a Hercules of the future. Um, so this is kind of an alternate universe kind of okay. a story. Yeah, it never uh, really references any other elements of the Marvel Universe, right? Well, it, it, the aliens, the the Regellians, and actually Galactus shows up and the later recorder. on. Yeah, Recorder, yep. Um, so, th- I mean, there are things that are Marvel Universe stuff. So clearly it's a Marvel Universe, but which yeah. one is the question? Okay. And um, yeah, but it's all kind of in the future as well. And so when Galactus shows up, he has a new Silver Surfer. Uh, um. And, you know, and it's it's all this kind of end of not quite end of time but it's it's futuristic and it it all takes place in this kind of far-flung future that's really removed from the marvel universe but he had his adventures like this is him leaving earth to return to olympus after all his earthly adventures and yeah and so this is yeah it's meant to be marvel universe but it's not meant to be the current continuity of marvel universe he does he still look like the same yes Okay, yeah. he just yeah. just based on the story and the setting and all that kind of stuff, that's what gives you the, the hint that it's probably an alternate. Right. Okay. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Unruly Simeon in the chat mentions the Rocket Raccoon miniseries, and yeah, he, that oh, came yeah, out yeah. in that era too. And I'm not sure why they didn't pop up in my uh, research today. Uh, let's see where are we at here. What attracts me to limited series, though, is that it's a beginning, middle, and end. And yeah. and that's the difference between um, like what you're talking about with like a Spider-Man ongoing and a Spider-Man yeah. miniseries is the miniseries gives you a complete story. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that as a later on when I was able to like buy whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted from whenever I wanted because of eBay and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I love finding mini miniseries like this because I knew I'm going to get a whole story mm-hmm. and I, I didn't have to worry too much there. You still need to know stuff about like the X-Men if you're going to read an X-Men limited series. Um, and you're going to need to know stuff about X-Men in 1982, I guess, if you're going to enjoy, you know, 
uh, X-Men versus Micronauts or whatever, you know, you're gonna have yeah. to know about them, but you don't necessarily have to worry about following them for months and months and gotcha. months and years. Right. So that's what attracts me to it. I agree. I'm like that too. I mean, when I got that Spider-Verse, I mean, it's supposed to be a six, six issue run, I guess, but I just read the first one. And I was like, well, this took me nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and now I have to wait a month to get the second issue that might take me somewhere. And I was like, yeah. But here, Pete, you take this. <laughs> yeah, even from the the collectible standpoint. Oh, go ahead. Even from the collectible standpoint, yeah. If you want to collect X Men, you've got a lot of work to do. If you want to collect the Hercules miniseries, it's an achievable goal. Mm-hmm. Well, and I don't know if I'm skipping ahead in the outline, maybe, but um, this Hercules character that starts in this issue number one has a beginning, middle and end for his life. Uh, So you have these two, four issue miniseries and you have a couple short stories that were in the mythology. There's a graphic novel. And then they came back, they allowed Bob Layton to come back just a few years ago and do um, Twilight of a God, which is the end of this Hercules story. And that's another thing. Now this didn't exist for me uh, when, when they announced this, I was so excited about it though because it just, it just, uh, I was so excited that he was coming back to this version of the character that I loved and, and it was the end of the story, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and so this really is a character's beginning, middle and end. And if you're looking at, okay, so what happens before this issue, it's all the stuff he did on earth in the Marvel universe. But, um, but this gives you the starting point. And then this gives you, I mean, it, it's a full circle kind of thing to it. He really does develop as a character and change as a character. And um, there's these different elements of family that gets thrown in there that um, it, it there's movement mm-hmm. and it's not just stagnant. It's not just at the end of the story arc. We got to be at the same place where we were before so that, you know, we can just reset and right. you know, it, it changes. He grows and develops. It takes place over about, I don't know, Things like 120 years or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but um, it takes place over a long period of time. Yeah, you mentioned that graphic novel that came out back then, and I, I know I don't think I've ever come across it. I couldn't tell you what this. Okay, so that does look familiar. Yeah, it's one of those um, oversized pages. So like it's it's about a inch wider and taller. Right. It's like magazine um, size. Yeah, yeah. Um, had a 6.95 cover price, which the year. Um, I mean, that's expensive. I'm not, I wasn't going to buy this off the shelf in 1988 because 695, I could get six other comics for that price. Um, but it allows them to have the, you know, bigger page size allows for, um, just better production value, nicer paper. So there he is with Galactus. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm not going to spoil it, but it may not be Galactus, but, <laughs> um, yeah. So, so Ben is Hercules one of your favorite characters? Then, yeah. Or? As you're going big, though, like Hercules, like I said, as a kid, there was the cartoon show, and mm-hmm. then there's the Lou Ferrigno movie, which I didn't get to see as a kid. Um, and you, yeah, this is one of those things where my taste may not be something you can trust. I enjoy those Lou Ferrigno, <laughs> yeah. uh, Hercules movies. Um, no, and, three Stooges beat Hercules. What? The Three Stooges meet Hercules. I, I've not seen that one, but um, but uh, as a character, I like him because he's kind of the first superhero. Mm. Kind of. I I mean, 
mythology majors can can tell me the truth but um but he he is one of those characters that's just so early on and so he's just everywhere um there's a there's a couple different hercules in dc comics um there was a handful of other comic series for charlton had hercules um uh, where it actually was going through some of the labors of hercules uh, there's that cartoon that I talked about. And so just as a general character, I like him. In fact, if I do get around to writing a second novel, I've actually thought about doing a Hercules novel. And, and the reason being, you know, I'm, I'm writing the novel for myself. I'm not writing it for like most of my comics that I wrote were for a publisher and they, they gave me the assignment. Yeah. Um, but with the novel thing, I can just do whatever I want. Um, and I have a very specific thing that I would really like to do with the, with the concept of Hercules. But I like him as a concept. I like him as this idea of the son of a god that um, just gets he's, – he's just hot-headed, you know, yeah. and just does things without thinking. Um, and then there's the tragedy of the story with his wife uh, where he accidentally causes her death or he thinks he does. It's actually his mom, you know. <laughs> and, uh, but then he goes crazy because of that. And there's just so much fun things that you can um, – explore with that character but it's there's so many different variations on it as well so but that's so as far as the favorite character yeah that that's why he is a favorite character this hercules i love the story and that makes this one of my favorite versions of the character but, but yeah it's it's a favorite one so coach Vic, can you give us a little bit of the historical background about the era when this comic was published this is 1982 this was published yes Showtime. What was in the news? <clears throat> 1982. AT&T was ordered to break up its monopoly on the telephone business. How's that landline business doing today? <laughs> the Canada Act passed granting Canada its sovereignty. Late night with David Letterman debuted after Johnny Carson's Tonight Show. Wow. The largest cash heist in history was the December 1982 holdup of the Century Armored Courier Company in the Bronx. Although three New York City men were convicted of the crime, only 960000 of the $11.2 million has been recovered. You robbed an armored truck for $11 million. The first issue of USA Today was printed. Epcot Center opened. Hmm. Um, there was the Tylenol, Tylenol capsules laced with cyanide, killed seven people wow. in Chicago. I remember that year. I remember when that was big. In 1982, 1982 was the year computer scientists from Carnegie Mellon suggested the use of a smiley or emoticon as a way of expressing emotion in an email. Wait, they had email in 1982? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. It wasn't quite as exciting. <laughs> this is where they're suggesting, hey, we can't tell what your voice is saying when you're being really sarcastic right now. So we need something to show what you're doing. <laughs> Also, freeware first used by Andrew Fuelman and John Knopf to distribute the application, which allowed programs to be copied, was in 1982. In 84, they changed it to shareware. They changed it from freeware to shareware. The first CD player was sold in 1982 hmm. in Japan. I don't know who bought it or what they played on it, but. <laughs> the thriller weather by Michael Jackson. Huh? Probably Thriller. <laughs> the Weather Channel debuted in 1982. Graceland opened to the public in 1982. Hmm. Number one selling album of all time. Thriller was released in 1982. Uh, good guess. Yes. 
great album. Well, some people say it's Michael Jackson's second best album, though. It's off the wall. Just saying. Top songs. Physical. Olivia Newton-John. I the Tiger. Survivor. Oh, yeah. I Love Rock and Roll. Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Is that right? Yep. Ebony and Ivory. Stevie Wonder and Paul McCartney. Centerfold. The Jay Giles Band. Jack and Diane. John Cougar Mellencamp. Tainted Love by somebody. <laughs> uh, Tainted Love was uh, Soft Cell. Oh, there you go. Private Eyes, Paula Notes, Let It Whip by the Dap Band or the Dad's Band, Pac Man Fever. Oh, I remember that. <clears throat> and 8675309, Jenny. Yep. Apparently, a lot of my other friends loved that song. I've still never heard that song all the way through. What? Don't show it to your <laughs> ten-year-old kids. <laughs> Top movies, E.T. Oh yeah, everybody 48, saw. Forty-eight hours. Tootsie, The Dark Crystal, mm-hmm. An Officer and a Gentleman, Tron, Chariots of Fire, On Golden Pond, and we got the best Rocky in Rocky Three, the best Star Trek in The Wrath of Khan. And the best Blade Runner in Blade Runner. <laughs> Some good stuff. Uh, some of the top TV shows were Magna P.I., Hill Street Blues, Knight Rider, Trapper John M.D., The Love Boat, Dallas, Simon and Simon, Falk and Crest, The A-Team. And the 49ers won the Super Bowl on a great catch by Dwight Clark in the end zone. The Vancouver Canucks won the Stanley Cup. The Lakers won the NBA title. Italy won the World Cup. Penn State won the National Championship. Georgetown featuring Patrick Ewing and Eric Sleepy Floyd beat were lost to North Carolina featuring James Worthy, Sam Perkins, and a little known freshman by the name of Michael Jeffrey Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> and the World Series won by the St. Louis Cardinals. Congratulations. Thank you. Oh, forgot the time, the time person of the year. Never guess. The computer. Huh. What? The time of the year was the computer. Whatever. I love it when a plan plan comes together. (laughs) Uh, The great legend remembers the classics. (laughs) All right. So let's see. So I'll talk about the artwork in the book a little bit. Um, I am a big fan of Bob Layton and the one thing I didn't realize until I started really researching this book was that up until this point, he had only been an inker, which depending on the penciler could be more or less work. Uh, he was really well known for work on Iron Man, inking over John Romita Jr. And I would bet if you ask most people what their people of our age, what their favorite Iron Man was, they would probably say the Bob Layton Iron Man, which is kind of a misnomer. Uh, since he was the inker, but he put the fo- the polish on and really gave the character um, his a really distinctive look. Um, this was also his first writing assignment up into this point. You know, he, he'd, he'd never done that before. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I, I kind of picked up on rereading it. And with that in mind, I'm the, the rendering of the detail, you know, the feathering in the artwork, you could tell it, it's done by a guy with a lot of talent for inking. 
but when you look at um even the anatomy is pretty good but in some panels uh the face on hercules looks just a little bit strange almost like as if it was pasted on this is one example right there where another one yeah there you go it just doesn't look like it belongs on the on that body yeah the 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 face is a little bit small um but that's it's really nitpicky Uh, and then kind of the other thing i thought was interesting worth noting is that uh, Bob Layton's art style when it comes to figures was the contemporary style used by George Perez and John Byrne uh, and other you know popular artists at the time but when you look at a panel like this city here so you contrast like the the look of, of his, his characters and how detailed and, and uh, up to date they look and then you look at the city in the background looks like it was probably laid out by Jack Kirby. It was, you know, very simplistic, uh, just kind of graphic forms, mm-hmm. which I'm not, not going to knock it. And it, it's kind of, it's kind of quaint to look at it from that standpoint. But uh, I can, I can tell you from the artist's point of view, some artists are just more comfortable drawing some things than others. I think his spaceships are a little bit, a little bit strange in in design, but I'm sure, like Ben was saying, very inspired by Star Wars. Uh, the uh, storytelling I think is spot on. There's never a point where you kind of get lost and can't figure out what's happening. So, I mean, that's what it's all about. I thought it was interesting that on the bullpen bulletins page. <clears throat> He actually drew himself into a comic strip. <laughs> and the, the from what what I read up on him, he was big f- friends with uh, Jim Shooter, who was the uh, editor in chief at the time, and was also a, a writer. He wrote Secret Wars along with a lot of uh, work when he was really younger. Jim Shooter was became a, a writer at age fourteen or something like that. But I, I think of the art in the whole issue, I think the cover is the most striking. I mean, it's it's a really cool image. Um, again, well-designed, and uh, the, the colors pop. So, uh, And that scene was incredible in the, oh, not not in there at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when that happened, when the, when the spaceship started shooting the lasers at him. Yeah, and the recorder was running after him, and he had those... <laughs> all those bodies at his feet that (laughs) it it sets a tone though. The thing is the cover sets the tone. And when I saw it on the shelf space and Hercules, what? Okay. This big (laughs) guy out in space, taking on all comers. Uh, Maybe you can answer this one. Uh, I know Zeus is a redhead and, and um, I guess Hercules is kind of brown hair, maybe red. Ruddy, yeah. I mean, is that is that a Greek thing? I don't I mean, know. It seems because like, you know we're led to believe that everybody, all everybody is halfway decent look is going to be blonde, right? You just have to remember though; those are both based on pre-existing models that, okay. that existed from other comic book um, things from the Marvel universe. 
Okay. So they had visited Olympus at, at some point and, and you'd seen Zeus in the Marvel universe. And, and that's what he looked like. This fiery red um, bear of a man. And okay. Hey, 36 chambers. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, so Ben, so we, we kind of talked about what happened to the character after this. What happened with you as far as your collecting? How did, did this affect the way that you looked at comic books beyond being exposed to this? Yeah, you know, I remember sitting in my room reading this comic book. And then also there was I had an Avengers comic book that these two things both really, really uh, just struck me. And so this one struck me because of the kind of story it was telling. And then, like I said, the ending, you know, where it's all building up and he's just doing these you know, macho things and then realizes you know what? I don't always have to ball my fist and have at the, um, but, uh, the other one was that Avengers comic where, um, it was a reprint of when, uh, Captain America used a time machine to go back in time and see Bucky die again and, um, couldn't do anything about it. He's just watching and he couldn't do anything. And it's just this tragedy. And, you know, I'm reading it as a seven or eight year old. Um, and, and it's just this interesting, uh, it's storytelling. It's not telling down to me. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm reaching up to get into these two stories. Um, they're not reaching down to me. And, and so that's something that just, it just hit me. And, you know, that's also around the time when I started writing my own stories. Mm-hmm. That's, that's around the time where I started writing. Um, I tried writing a star Wars story and I um, would make up my own superheroes. And uh, that eventually turned into me drawing comics. And um, the main comic that I ended up drawing in fourth and fifth grade was I was so frustrated. I couldn't have a Voltron because they were so expensive. And I was like, I'm going to make my own Voltron at my dad's wood shop. And it's like, that never even, I didn't even try doing that, but I did do this 15 issue um, series called Birdman. That was about uh, a Voltron thing, but it was made out of birds. And uh, I did it with my friend. We both worked on it together. I drew the first issue. He drew the second one. And then I drew everything after that. Um, and, and wrote everything after that because he, he just got bored of it, I guess. But um, and then from that, that turned into, you know, just doing more and more in junior high and high school. And so, I mean, really, Star Wars, the movie, Star Wars, the comics, this comic and, you know, some other things that I was reading. But this is one of those formative things for me that when you're asking what happened to me after this, as far as uh, my comic collection, not much different. You know, we go to the grocery store and maybe my mom would buy me the latest G.I. Joe. And maybe she wouldn't, you know, mm. or maybe she'd buy me the latest Star Wars. It, I would always go and look at the comic rack. Um, uh, but this was definitely a part of my collecting history just because this is where um, it's one of those early books that I had and mm. still have, still read. Of all the ones that I used to have, um, this is the one that somehow made it intact uh, through life and um, being just stacked in piles under my bed. You know, this this survived. and. Um, yeah. And so now my collection is full of comics like this that I really, really like that aren't worth anything, um, <laughs> but are worth reading. Right. You know, like I, yeah. I, I so that's the other thing with this. I feel like I'm I'm suggesting something that hopefully you guys actually enjoy. Right. And it sounds like Coach Vic, you, you're wanting to read the rest, right? You're wanting to read more. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I have both series. So I'm looking forward to continuing to read them. Yeah. And if you need to borrow the the later stuff. Um, I can I can loan that to you if you okay. if you want to read what happens after the the second miniseries. Okay, but, definitely. Yeah, I so I was hopefully 
recommending something that would be enjoyable to read as well. Yep. That's, that's one of the things I want to kind of accomplish with this show is to expose people to a comic that you might see here and there, but never bother to pick up. And it, my, my kind of tagline has always been, it doesn't have to be a key to be interesting or fun. So uh, maybe yeah. uh, other, other people will take interest and try it out. So let's see here. All right. Um, do any of you have any final thoughts to offer about the Hercules Prince of Power issue one? Yeah, I, I do. I still, I still question the whole. I mean, and maybe you know the answer to this. I mean, has he just changed his whole attitude about giving everybody the gift of get beat down by him? Or no, he just starts thinking more about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, he gives a lot of people the gift he yeah he he does he bestows the gift upon a lot of people it was just such a strange ending it's just like nah yeah. <laughs> it's the evolution of the character right you know one of the things that there there are some i don't even remember what it was this is one of the things where you guys could probably just pick this out of your memory but I was reading a, um, glancing through a book. I was like in uh, Barnes and Noble, just, you know, I don't know, waiting for my wife or whatever. <clears throat> and I was reading and it was, I was reading something and it was like a Spider-Man where he went to go confront somebody and it was another hero, but he went to go confront him. And instead of just going up to him and say, hey, I heard you did such and such a thing. Hey, can we talk about this? He just went in. And he just starts beating on the guy. And I'm like, what does that accomplish? And so that's what I was kind of thinking about this, this, you know, how Hercules was just, you know, he starts off and he's climbing the mountain and there's this dude there. And his first thought is, I'm just going to deck you. Yeah. And it's just, and it's so interesting. And I didn't know, I didn't know if that's like a, a typical, like, it's, comic theme. It, yeah. <laughs> a, a Marvel trope. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, it was one of the things that was kind of a bread and butter thing when they wanted to have, introduce or have a, a guest appearance. Like, yeah. A guest appearance always meant the two heroes are going to fight at the end, get along, and then take on the real bad guy by the time yeah. they're done. Now, the, the funny thing though is, um, I mean, if he had done that, if he had decked the guy on a different day, it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> this, yeah. this was just yeah. the day that they were all being silent <laughs> in Zeus's honor, you know. Yeah. It would have actually like been a, it would be completely appropriate. I, I really did like the, the scene, you know, <clears throat> where he's in his own room and he's like sitting in the bed <laughs> and he's bored. And then <clears throat> and then he's, you know, what is it? He gets he gets he gets booted out and then he's hoping for all this excitement. And then later on you see again, you see him sitting on a bed and he's bored. <laughs> yeah, it was that was really funny to me. That was that was good. Now, here's one small issue I have. So it says here he is the son of Zeus, high, high father of Zeus, uh, of the gods, rather. He's a rogue. He's a, a rogue, a hero, a avenger. Throughout the ages, he has been known as Hercules, Prince of Power, right? So he's over here fighting this dude. Why is he grabbing his hair? <laughs> why, why is he pulling his hair? Good night, crazy guy. We'll see you later. Oh. <laughs> I, was, I was saying that to one of our guests at signing off. Phase three, right here in the middle. Got a lock yeah. of his hair. I mean, you gotta hold on to something to 
hold your target in place, you know. Yeah. It, it's a funny panel. <laughs> but by the oh. way, Coach Vic, don't don't roll that cover back like that. <laughs> you know what? You're, gonna, you're gonna make. They're gonna kick me out of here. I started off was thinking that too. I was doing that like, yeah, man, stop this. It's it's your comic book, man. You do with it what you want. <laughs> so uh, I think we're we're gonna wrap things up here. Uh, I do want to thank you guys for um, for offer, you know putting doing your part in this conversation. Thanks, Ben, for offering this choice. Yeah, thanks for letting me. This is it was fun to revisit again. Yeah, yeah, and I I probably wouldn't have given it a second thought if it hadn't been brought up. So it's it's definitely a fun issue. That's for sure. Yeah. So our our next show is going to be on. Uh, Tuesday, January 21st, we're going to move the time up to nine o'clock just so we can uh, get done a little earlier. And I've booked our first guest, which is going to be a very popular name in the YouTube comic book community. He's a, he's an OG YouTuber. (laughs) The great legend will be joining us next time. Uh, I know, I know uh, coach Vic knows him a bit from being in some of the chats and things like that, but Ben and, Mr. Cheese, don't know him, but uh, well, I know him from the live comments. Okay, showing up, yeah. yeah. There you go. So he, he, you're gonna. I think you're really gonna like him. He's he's a really energetic guy. So it'll be fun to have him on. And Coach Vic, you're gonna have to dive deep on your historical facts for this one, okay? Because we are going to read Wiz Comics number twenty-five. Oh man, which is a. Wiz Comics was the Captain Marvel comic back in the 40s that introduced Captain Marvel. Issue 25 introduces Captain Marvel Jr. And I, I can see the look of anguish on Ben. He's like, I can't finance. My, yeah, how finance am I going to get this? <laughs> That's expensive. So here, here's the lucky thing. Uh, Wiz Comics was published by Fawcett Comics. And anything that Fawcett published has slipped into public domain. Ah, uh. So uh, I will refer you to the goldenagecomics.com. Uh, That's the prob- one that I've been going to. There's probably, it's probably out on several uh, places, but the one I know is uh, comicbookplus.com. Okay. Uh, and I looked it up and they do have it on there. <clears throat> so we'll all be reading this one digitally. Well, maybe not legend. He probably has it. <laughs> he's, he's probably got slab. So. Uh, I'm not certain if it's ever been reprinted to actually read it in print, but I might take a look around. I hmm. I do like the I've read some of the old Fawcett stuff and I, I like it. Um, I think the the artwork in it was very quality for its day, but I, I I own very little. I own one or two reprints that were featured in DC Comics after they bought the rights to the character, or obtained however they got the rights to the character. So I think that's going to be pretty fun to read a golden age story, especially yeah, a yeah. story that introduced a, a character that we're probably all familiar with, but not might not know the the original introduction. So, Wiz Comics twenty five. Yes. When, oh. What year was that? Uh, I'd have to look it up. I'm I'm guessing forty four nineteen forty three forty four that's just a guess I'm not sure what their publishing schedule was it was probably monthly because it was a very popular comic of the day so this is the character now that we now know as Shazam yes okay. Ooh. 
So, <laughs> so if you've seen the movie and you were introduced to the character Captain Marvel Jr. in the movie, I haven't seen it myself, but I've heard he makes an appearance. So I mean, I've also used to watch the cartoon when I was a young tyke. Okay, yeah. I remember it from that too. So yeah, so we'll get to see the like the introduction of Captain Marvel Jr. in Wiz Comics number twenty-five. Nice. So uh look forward to that. And uh with that, we're at just about the hour mark. So we're gonna sign off and remember faith, family, comic books. We'll see you next time. <laughs>